The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Dietary Requirements, the spin-off's food podcast. Each month we get together to talk about the cultural, social and political role of food in Aotearoa and we break bread today a scroll uh, with some of the buzziest people in the New Zealand food scene. Ko Simon Day Takuingua. I'm your host and as always... We've got the whole squad together. We've got Sophie Gilmore, food boss. Kia ora, Simon. It's my favourite part of uh, each month is making you laugh at the start. <laughs> food boss? Like, what does that even mean? Just like fingers in so many pies. I mean, I'll take it. Take it. And mm. Alice Neville, the spin-off's food editor. Kia ora. Lovely to be here. We wouldn't be here without the support of Freedom Farms, our wonderful food sponsor. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how their animal has been farmed. Their pork, bacon and free-range eggs are fucking delicious. So please go and buy them and cook with them because you will notice the difference. If your supermarket doesn't have them, ask for them. Today we're joined by Anna King-Shahab, food writer, hospitality advocate, my bay leaf dealer, and <laughs> co-founder of Lazy Susan, the Auckland food community Facebook group. Welcome, Anna. Kia ora. Mm. So founded in 2018, Lazy Susan has become an essential online crowdsourced guidebook, as my spiel for it, to Tamaki Makoto's food scene with more than 12,500 highly engaged, highly opinionated uh, followers. It's often the fastest way to find the best dumplings in the city or the perfect restaurant for your gluten-free grandma's 90th birthday. <laughs> gluten-free grandma, that must be an oxymoron. <laughs> well, could, she, she could be a celiac, you know. Yeah. Like, gluten-free is actually... Uh, there. I like it when it's like, I need a place for 12 people, three vegans, two gluten-free, one person doesn't like spicy food, and it must be on like this small street of this random suburb. Yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you fun. always get a response, yeah. though. That's the best The part. day that I worked out, or one of you mentioned, I think that you can search within Lazy Susan for the content. <laughs> was like, yeah. that's, a revelation. That's, that's when it became a guidebook that. for me. Otherwise, I was like, oh, my God. Like, mm. it just goes all day. Yeah, it's just yeah. people from the North Shore asking for uh, cafe tips. <laughs> 
but, the tip is to get over the right side of the bridge. Oh, no offense to our North Shore. Oh, so you just bought a house on oh, the yeah, North Shore, <laughs> very <laughs> close bottom. to the bridge. I think mm. you're over caffeinated on the shore, aren't you? Mm. Certain parts. It's such a big place, the shore. It's yeah, like, you know. I'd say yeah. I, I'm I don't, I'm not a huge cafe gal, but I prefer the cafes on the side. And really exciting news, we're uh, sitting here with a copy of the first Lazy Susan book. It's called Auckland Eats. Volume one. I love the dedication in the uh, first two pages or whatever, Sophie, you can find that. Because I think it captures what this book is about. It's not a recipe book. It's not a guide book. It is a uh, celebration of the people that make Auckland's food community so special. It That's right. Dedicated to our incredible hospitality operators and workers. Yes, such an important nice. people to dedicate it to. And that has been such a tough 12 months, you know. It's been such a shit 12 months for so many of them. And it feels like that's why this is such a great time for it to come out. Absolutely. I mean, it was something that was on the cards to kind of get um, underway around about the time that we went into Alert Level 4. So for a while it felt like the wrong time to do this um, practically speaking to be able to even get into restaurants and for the photography to be done even to be asking people to provide a recipe I think it felt like it could have been just too much for people to take on but it soon became apparent that actually it was it was the best time to celebrate the scene and shine a spotlight especially on some of the places that just chug along quietly they don't tend to get a lot of publicity Mm. They don't seek a lot of attention. I think that's a really interesting way to go into <laughs> the question of why did you start Lazy Susan? Because I think the book and the Facebook page come from the really same soul. That's right, yeah. So th- we kind of subtitled the Facebook group Sharing Knowledge on Auckland's Food, which is a mouthful. <laughs> um, mm. But it is exactly that. It's the idea of getting a whole lot of voices in one place um, to be able to have a conversation rather than it be one-sided. For example you know, uh, um, a review or or conversely um, paid for kind of content, which is, yeah, just kind of one viewpoint. When they, and they have their place, but it's a very privileged role. Like, you know, Simon Wilson, Jesse Mulligan, Kim Knight, they have a lot of power. And I think what Lazy Susan does, as, as restaurant reviewers, and is what Lazy Susan does is democratise... Uh, food recommendations for Auckland. And it was almost kind of um, even more so in response, I guess, to kind of online reviews Mm. where there's really no kind of reply for an operator if you get a bad, you know, one star, this was terrible. Um, You know, what's the story around that? And I think that that's really important, the discussions that are on Lazy Susan, because... Even if you know a lot about food, you definitely don't know all the things about all of the food. That's and so, so it's really interesting when someone will speak up and say, I'm looking for a specific soup that I used to have in Korea all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like the tech dude that used to live in Seoul that's got the answer. It's not the Jesse Mulligan or the experienced food writer often. So I think it's really cool that it's like it allows people people's niche knowledge <laughs> to shine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and, and then everyone learns, right? Yeah. Because mm. yeah. there's only so many places food reviewers can go to. You know, they can't 365 days a year for many, many years eat at all these places. But those people who go to the same Indian joint or the Korean joint down the road, you know, once a week 
for however long they live in the place have that knowledge and I, I love how it's given people access to it. Mm-hmm. And also I think that um, you want to know, I would say as you get older or, you know, in my case having had a baby recently, like you, you do actually eat out less. You want to know that you're going to nail it. So it's like trying to tap into some knowledge from someone else to help you narrow down because you've always got this kind of lingering fear that you're missing out on the best version of the thing that you're eating, Yeah, you know? And so if you get someone to recommend it to you, it's really useful. Like it forms a really practical use because Mm -hmm. we're surrounded by noise and we're surrounded by, like you say, the squeakiest wheel probably gets all the um, oil from the punters, but it's so cool to be able to go, actually, do you know where the best version of that is? It's down the road. Exactly. And I think that the Facebook group and also in this book, um, is it gives the opportunity to talk about why a dish is made a certain way. And I think that's something that benefits everyone. Because if you say, for example, I don't like the way they do the you know cheese on toast at so-and-so, mm-hmm. there might be a particular reason why they're making it like that. Yeah. They're using some certain cheese because it's what their grandma used yeah. or whatever. Telling the background story to a dish is really important to people being able to understand and enjoy it. Mm. So tell us a little bit about the book and what what it, what we're learning and who we're meeting and what How it's about. How did you choose? Um, very hard to choose, obviously, but we wanted a good, diverse selection, um, not, in, not only in terms of the type of cuisine, but also geographically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's always, I mean, there's, you know, so many more operators that we could include. Okay, and hopefully we'll be now. able to do that. Yeah. It's huge, yeah. Um and logistically speaking, it's a challenge. Like, there's so many places that we would love to be able to feature where there's quite a lot of work involved in trying to convey how to provide a recipe. For example, all these recipes have to be written for people to be able to make in their home kitchen. Yeah. Um, that's not that easy to do if Did you're making you something in bulk. Yeah. Oh, my God, that would have been a huge job, getting it's all these huge, yeah. professional chefs. So basically there's 41 authors in that book because there's 41 operators providing a recipe. Yeah. Um, a handful of them are drinks as well. Also, though, if any of us have ever had to edit a recipe oh God, written yeah. by a chef, it is an absolute nightmare. I never realised what, what an And is. I just want to say that we're very, very grateful to the oh, chefs yeah. for providing those of recipes. Course. Um, definitely being diplomatic in communication is very important because you don't want to be slagging off the way a recipe's been written. Yeah. No, but, but for it's, example, they're just writing it for their circumstances exactly. and it's like they, because that's the their environment, they forget or they cook more in a kitchen than they do in, yeah. in a commercial kitchen than they do at home. Or not, not ever at home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. And so they've just sort of forgotten that that's actually a completely mm. different sport in a way. Even even things like cup measurements versus grams. I mean, nobody is going to get a scale out to measure yeah. onion, for example, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's half an onion or it's half a cup of onion, yeah. but yeah. not Anna only. Was saying, not 19 um, grams. Yeah, before the podcast, Anna was saying that some of your favourite recipes were the ones where you just went in and watched the chef cook and talked to them and then kind of wrote up the recipe yourself. That's but right. Obviously, you couldn't do that for... 41. Couldn't do it for 41 of them. Some of them came in in such a way that they didn't need much editing at all, which was fantastic. Some of them, um, for example, so Anthony, my co-founder and I, we tested all the recipes to make sure that they worked in a home kitchen and to basically bring up any queries that 
would be raised in the editing process. We also had an, a, an editor, a third-party editor as well. But my favourite recipes were the ones where they were <laughs> so complicated to try and get through or too threadbare, not enough information, where I just decided it would be easier if I could go in and face-to-face -face, um, go through the recipe, sometimes watch it being made. Or, for example, in the um, case of the beef pho from Sen, mm. I just went and sat down with the chef and he told me from start to finish how he makes it and why he makes it that way and how he grew up in Hanoi eating this dish on yeah. the street first thing every morning. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. What an amazing experience as well. It must yeah. have been, you know, doing any project like this is really hard and painful, but it sounds amazing at the same time. It is, yeah. Yeah, I met so many cool people. Loved that in Vietnam, having for, for breakfast. And I remember I got back and I was like, all right, I'm making it. Go to K Road, get all the beef mm -hmm. bones. I've still got the like, you know how you can only buy white pepper in like <laughs> 500 gram bag or something? Yeah, white like, pepper's so awesome, isn't it? Yeah. So but I, at this point, I didn't have it. So I, I honestly think I've still got the I same never bag. ever use white pepper. Yeah. Tell me how oh to use it. Oh my gosh. It's so Macaroni good. Cheese, bechamel sauce, because you don't want it to look. Yeah, mashed potato. Mashed potato. I, I like the. Speckle. The, the speckling, Just the fresh, the fresh. fish pie. Give it a go. Fish pie, yeah. perfect. And also all all over the top of uh, chakwe chow or yeah. mee goreng or what is the, the kind of is dish. the taste different? It's it's milder, but then kind of fruitier maybe. Yeah, I think mm. it's like a softer flavor too. Yeah, I'll, interesting. I'll get, I, I think you really should pepper. try it because it's it's. I mean. It's a bit of a wanky thing to say. It's not a completely different thing, but it's like significantly different once you notice it. Yeah. And do you, I also think of white pepper in like a pre-ground form. Yeah, it makes you want to sneeze. Like MDMA. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's definitely the way you'd put it on noodles, for example. Yeah, remember people used From to shaker. have it? Yeah, and the shakers on all yeah. the tables. That yeah. was like normal in New Zealand restaurants to not have salt and pepper that was not pre was yeah. pre-ground pepper and, yeah. yeah, table salt, right? Now you've got, like, Oh, my gosh, Himalayan table salt. Yeah, I know. Mm. Sea salt. I was just making, so when I made these scones this morning, right, the recipe calls for a fine salt. And I was like, I don't have any. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In with the Himalayan We call salt. it the heinous salt in our house, just as a, like, for a laugh. The cerebos. Yeah. Is that but, the little yeah. boy chasing the, chasing the hen? Yeah. Is that on the? Is that what's on it? Yeah. The, the blue lid. That yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. My friend chasing a hen went to season it and cook to it. Season is, went, to season it. To season it. One of my friends went to a party as a Malden sea salt. Shout out, Amy. I like that. And then her boyfriend behavior. went as the little boy on the Cerebos. Oh, cute! Mm. That's it was great for. Um, she works at Auckland Museum. It was for their under the sea themed party. I really like yeah, that. That's good. You, um, yeah. And amazing how often I mean I use that salt all the time when I cook pasta or whatever. You know, you yeah. use it a lot. Yeah. But it's just, I really don't I, like I tipping do. it on top of my See, dinner. I still no. don't. I still go with the, like, expensive salt. Even in pasta water, that's the thing, right? I used to do go with the Not that I'm snobby about yeah. it. It's just what I, I used I to do that it. in pasta water. And then I said it to Ray McVinney once when I worked at Cuisine, and he was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Alice, why are you doing it? It's a waste of bloody time. You just use your, any old... He wouldn't have talked like that. He said, for fuck's sake, Alice. For fuck's sake, Alice. Why David always does this really good impression of him when he was on MasterChef. And someone brought a dish up to him and presented it and put it on the table and walked away and he goes, takeaways. That was his <laughs> critique. <laughs> He's like, this isn't fine dining, this is takeaways. Yeah, he would have been off a phone. But as they've so. now been raised, shout out to Anna's delicious uh, scones. Yeah, what is yum. the 
the chutney and the relish you've used. Is it like Marmite in there? The chutney? Oh, maybe you've got a rogue Marmite one. I love it. I did make some Marmite and cheese ones. Actually, Vegemite. I did made a little bit of Marmite. This is a bit of crossover. This is my friend Naomi's brinjal pickles. Shout out to Naomi. Is that Indian? It is. It's like an Indian eggplant pickle. So there's like mustard seed and cumin seed in there. It's delicious. beautiful. How do you say it again? Brinjal. Brinjal. And how do you make yeah, that? I think brinjal is just the Indian word, the, mm. maybe the Hindi word for eggplant. And how do you make it? The chutney? Yeah. Or the scroll? The chutney. Well, I didn't make this chutney. Naomi made it. I've made it before. It's just everything in a big pot and yeah. lots of stirring. Okay, cool. <laughs> I Probably think it's really yummy. the spices off first. Yeah. Quite a yum, like, riff on a tomato relish. Yeah. You know? Different. Yeah, kind of down the kasundi route. Yeah, mm. I was getting strong kasundi vibes from it. It's good. With the with the lazy Susan Facebook group, yeah, how active is your moderation? How much do you have to ensure the community is um, kind to each other? A lot of that is um, we rely on people to be kind. Obviously, self moderation. Yeah, as well. I just had to remove a couple of comments this morning that were less than kind, and it's where you where do you draw the line. Really, if um, I think just common decency should common really decency. Be I mean, one of the guidelines it? is just like be nice, you know, be be courteous when you're commenting on someone's post. So occasionally, be people productive. get into debates. Like, what the hell is the point in being rude to someone in a private Facebook yeah. group? Like, yeah. where are you going with that? Yeah, it's just a bit bizarre. But, uh, I mean, I've seen the them time, in Lazy right? Susan before, and you guys have had to take them down. I'm like, these people have clearly got nothing else on for the day. People, yeah. There's, yeah, people on Facebook. It's interesting, though, because over the past 12 months, mm-hmm. um, as an organisation at the spin-off, we've observed the tone of Facebook engagement change in quite a drastic way. That's obviously being a for very... The much, for the worse? Oh, really? For the worse. Wow. Everything gets overrun with 5G oh and COVID mm. conspiracy okay. theories. So I've, but yeah. that, we're a very public um, media publisher, right? Yeah. Sure. Lazy Susan is a um, private Facebook group, or can you yeah, see Yeah, so you have to either request to join or a friend can add their friends with their permission. Has mm. that allowed you to not have to deal with people... Um, you know, attacking the idea of lockdowns and talking about 5G being... For the most part. So, yeah, I was just thinking, um, you know, when it came to lockdown, the initial alert level four, um, that is probably the most moderation we've had to do. And that was because it's about the hospitality industry, right? Mm. And there were a lot of different feelings swirling around. There was a lot of emotion going on. Um, people were getting really upset on one hand if a business was advertising that they were open for takeaways, for example, when the rules were yeah, not quite whole, established. Um, the boys at Daily Bread thing, that was really chaotic, wasn't it? Yeah, so people, some people got really upset and they'd be posting underneath like, you, what are you doing? You're just putting us all at risk and all this. Mm. And then on the other hand, we had, you know, we're trying to support the industry and we're trying to give them a platform to say, hey, guys, yeah. we're trying to sell the stock that we've got yeah. that's going to yes. be end up in the bin. Yeah. And and to a certain extent, that will happen every time we go and go up an alert level. Um, it just never used to be the case that now. if someone doesn't agree with you that you can be rude to them. Like, you should be able to respectfully disagree. And if you and Anthony have made a call on that... It's your page. Yeah, and it very much self-polices now. So people mm. will yeah. um, will report a comment if it's not kind. Oh, that's good. So we see it quickly. Yeah. I remember you at one point put out a rule or a guideline just being like, don't 
maybe just don't post negative experiences at restaurants? Like, yeah. Because it's actually boring. Like, I don't... I don't know. I can't remember yeah. what exactly you said, but yeah, it was, we have actually become stricter on that. Yeah, I just—it's not really. If you've the place had a for bad it. time, like we don't go and tell people someone. People don't actually want to hear, hear we, your big thing about a bad yeah. waitress. Like we've been on oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been quite clear from the start that it's overwhelmingly about positive experiences. Mm. That's what we want to be supporting, but that there is room to express disappointment. That's how we put it. Mm. But especially for specifics, you go and talk to the restaurant about that. Yeah. And if you get a reply that's, that shocks you, then maybe you could say, I was a little surprised that, you know, this happened or whatever. Yes. But, you know, it's okay to say, um, for example, I was posting about a restaurant experience I had the other day and I was like, well, this dish uh, was just a little on the salty side for me. It probably needed a little bit of balancing with the sweet, yeah. which is, that's my opinion. Sure. Totally fine, yeah. Um, and potentially could be good feedback. Yeah, they might appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, So that kind of thing's fine. But I also love having an incredibly terrible experience at a restaurant. It's almost more memorable (laughs) than like like a pretty good. What's been your worst? Like a comical experience. The one that I think of immediately is, um, I can't remember the name of the restaurant because we're in Tasmania for my mum's 60th birthday. And I finished a dessert dish, and when the waiter came over and asked how it was, I demanded that it be taken off the menu immediately. And I, <laughs> I like, I stressed that I could cook something far better than this That's without even thinking about it. Um, but it was just really, really bad, and I just I felt so, you know, intensely about how bad this dish was that I, I wasn't a dick about it. But I ended up saying some pretty outlandish, uh, giving them some pretty outlandish <laughs> advice. It wasn't a dick But it was to the point where I was like, Might you? I went back the next day and looked at the re- the menu on the um, front window to check if they'd taken it off. I they, can't believe you went back to check. They hadn't. They didn't. No. What was the dish? I can't remember. I just oh, remember. Oh, you've got to remember if it was It was a bad. lemon something. It, mm. was, it involved like a maybe like a lemon meringue pie. Right. I've got this like video saved to my... Instagram highlights just because I thought it was so funny. My mum and I were in Portugal a couple of years ago and we sat down and, you know, when you don't have a plan, like normally when I travel, I've got like three different places we're going to to try the food that day. This was one of the ones where my mum was like, we're just going to cruise. We sat (laughs) in this courtyard thing and she ordered what they were calling a lasagna and I swear to God, we just lost it. I had tears rolling down my face. (laughs) It was the worst thing. It was like uncooked, it wasn't even, I don't even know what the pasta was made from, it was like potatoy, softy, I don't know what, it had water, too much water in it or something. Then they had like made a bechamel, which literally tasted worse than wallpaper glue. Then they had um, put some spinach in it that they hadn't squeezed the water out of and absolutely zero like seasoning. A soggy mess. Anyway, the guy at the waiter comes over and he goes, how's your meal? And my mum just looks at him and goes, this is... The wor- who who made this? <laughs> who made this? Because you need to go and you need to tell him to stop it. And he needs to stop making this. And the waiter looked at us and he goes, "I know." Oh. <laughs> and just started laughing. We we're like, "He knows oh. how shit the food is, That's and funny. he's just continuing to just like." That's way more memorable than the best food you have. So, but then it just reaffirms your approach of knowing where you want to go. Like, yeah. yeah. But I wish I could lighten up sometimes and just be that person who was like, my friends suggest somewhere, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just yeah, go, go along with it. But like the whole time, I'm feeling yeah. anxious and like I know this is going to be crap. I know. And, yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I've and been then, there. And then it's always validated. Us. Damn. It's always yeah. validated. Yeah. 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 Why did I say yes? Recently, and she was like, do you know any good Mexican places? And I kind of was like, hmm. I suggested, a, and she's like, what about this place? And like the viaduct that I'd never heard of. 
was like, I've never heard of it, which is a bad sign. She was like, oh, well, let's give it a go. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. And just expensive. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I should have listened to you. Like, you so, want to be that relaxed person. What yeah. about just not. Lazy Susan, what about people re- recommending stuff that is rubbish? <laughs> like, how do you feel about I, that? I've seen a few things like that. What, where I'm like, what I've, been off, I've been thrown off the path by Lazy Susan a few times. Ooh. Yeah, like people say, oh, go here and try this. And you go there and try it. And you're like, this is literally like one of the worst. This is my Dominion Road oh, experience wow. to me. And I was like... This is like the Mapu Tofu is way worse than the one down the road that okay. I normally get. The dumplings are like... I think the interesting thing about that, though, is it's why do they think it's good? Mm. And so that's what we try and bring out is like, tell us about it. Why Why do you like it? Well, is there any knowledge behind that? Are you like a Mapu Tofu expert and you're saying that this one is good because this is actually how it's done in, you know, some province yes, in China? Yeah. Um, compared to other versions or... No, I think some people mm. feel cool to recommend their favourite place up there and it doesn't necessarily mean it's that ah. good. It's just like the place that they like. And I was like thinking about it the other day. You're not, you're not mad about it, but it's like the credibility of the page is how, you know, like in this book, I've just flicked through it, it's literally got like the best dishes in Auckland. And sometimes you don't need to try 25 different... Mapo Tofu's on Dominion Road because the first one or the one that you go to all the time is actually the best one. Yeah. So it's I tricky. I sometimes feel bad though. Like I I can fall into the habit of visiting the same few places for the different needs that I have. You know, if it's a, it's a romantic meal or a $100 a head meal with eight people or, you know, fast and fun before getting lit, I can end up going to the same sort of eight places. You like rinse and repeat your strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I've, I don't, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that's the real cool thing about Lazy Susan is you can go on like that. I'm looking at it now. Are there any BYO restaurants with good vegan options that allow beer? You know, you can, <laughs> you can really find the the niche that you're looking yeah. for for that moment and go beyond what you're. Because she probably has a great BYO option that has vegan and does allow beer, but she's probably been there last ten times in a row. Yeah, yeah. And first of all, not many places will allow you to bring beer even yeah, sound BYO. So that was a few. That's yeah. a good thing about London. I'd go to those Vietnamese places on Kings and Road and just oh my take gosh, big things. Oh my gosh, those are right? like the big blocks that you get from the yeah. offie. Just touching on that. Hello, how good was the Vietnamese food in Delston? So good. Yeah. And they have Amazing. MSG on the table as well. You can yeah. just shake oh. MSG onto your food. The crispy tofu. Lemongrass tofu. Oh, Never even really found anything that comes close to that in Auckland. Yeah, Vietnamese is quite challenging in Auckland. I say very challenging. I I go back and back and back to the Ponsonby food court. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I go there probably yeah. once every that, two weeks. Oh yeah, this, I used to get the like when I worked nearby. I'd get the um, he called it the slow and smelly soup because it always took like quite a long time to come out compared to what my workmates were getting. You know, that was real quick, and, and then it was quite fragrant. It's like yeah. it was just a vegetarian, like, sweet and sour soup. So good. Ah. Just back to more very specific requests on the Lazy Susan Facebook page. If you lived in central Auckland and had some time this afternoon between three and six to have a drink <laughs> and a snack with your husband to celebrate your wedding anniversary... See, I love these questions. Where <laughs> would you that, go? Yeah. Some yeah. of them are great. It's where did they go? Uh, I'm not sure where they in went, central but Auckland there are... Between three and six. Oh, yeah. So I like it when they give, like, the origin and the destination. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. I'm like, coming from my, Pukekohe. Mm, I and never get to go up for dinner. Yeah. Anywhere between here and Albany. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's the whole city. But yeah. There's a cute new trend as well where people ask for recommendations go back to their post and go update, Ooh. went here, oh. was amazing. Absolutely. That's, love that's, that. a that's a vibe. Love that. That. It's like yeah. closing the loop for yeah. all the readers. Yeah. How do you deal with self-promotion of places? Because there's a yeah. little bit of that. Yeah, we allow it. Mm. Um, and that's always been one of the elements that we've been happy to have in the group and one of the reasons why we started it. We wanted operators to be able to come on yeah. and talk about their business, but we want it to be quite informative yes mm. and informative not just in terms of these are our opening hours and our mm. prices but this is why you should come here yeah. um, this is one of our signature dishes that the recipe came from you know so and so's upbringing in Sicily yeah. and yeah. we want all that information mm. that is going to help people understand what the food is like or yeah. you know what to expect and why they should go there that's actually a really good prerequisite like don't just try and sell us mm. the product but mm. tell us the story because yeah. then it keeps it interesting. Sometimes I've never I posted coach, anything on there yeah. that's like well, promoting. Come on. <laughs> I I've, remember you I've messaged you before and I'm like, Sophie, you know you can just like yeah. post. Yeah, and, you, you have know, once and Anthony has once. I think I wrote a an article and it had a swear word in it. In it was a, pod, a spin-off article and it got removed. Oh, I think got I got removed. freaked out. Yeah, it had a swear word in it. Oh. Ah. The post. No, that article I wrote in the last lockdown. Oh, yeah. So uh, someone removed it because the post had it. No, Anthony said that people had. Oh, oh people had complained. complained wow. About oh God, it. Fuck those people. Dry balls Fuck <laughs> 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 <But> the haters. <laughs> but, but, the, but, you know, that's actually quite tricky because we know that uh, restaurant operators are really busy. And yeah. they don't necessarily have time to directly speak to a group that they're kind of just yeah. to be part yeah, of. Yeah, and I think that I, I had a good break from that um, after we sold Burden. I've had a sort of a minimal involvement in Fatima's for the last few years, but I think after lockdown 4.0 and managing a renovation and a dispute with a landlord and blah, 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 I just it's reminding me because at the moment I feel like I'm just at capacity for mm-hmm. all of the operational Burdens like last night I had my in-laws here, but the fryer and the FPOS machine both broke at Vitamins at the same time. And, you know, it's like when you're in that grind, there is yeah. no way you're going to sit down and be like, no. once upon a time, <laughs> this marinade was made by this person, you know, yeah. whereas that's actually the best thing you should do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. I mean, we get, for example, being part of Commercial Bay, we get um, emails from the team at Mates who do the comms for them saying, hey, there's this new heart of the city thing. Can you reply with what your special is? And if you guys want to be part of it. And like, you don't even go back to that. It's like they're right. probably going, give us, like, help us help you. Yeah, throw us a bone. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because hospitality's become so much more admin heavy than it used to be and compliance heavy that there's, yeah. there's we're like, you know, we're replying to emails, a Facebook inbox, an Instagram inbox, uh, catering yeah. inquiries. Which we absolutely understand. And that's why the book and we hope, um, you know, subsequent volumes it gives us the opportunity to kind of see, well, which places are being talked about a lot in yeah. the group or what things are people interested about. Then we can go and talk to those operators. Yes. And, you know, it's us spending the time really kind of sitting down to yeah. get those stories. Do you get back-end data in Facebook? Like, can you search, like, the name, the restaurant that's been mentioned the most? Or Oh, you, you can definitely do that. But also, I mean, I can tell you off the top of my head a couple of topics that come up over and over again is banh mi. People are yeah. crazy oh, yeah. for like, where's the best banh mi in Auckland? Yeah. Where's the Short best banh mi in Auckland? 
um, no comment. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Fly to Sydney. Screw me. That's yeah. sad. Right. Well, you know, and that's, and that's a conversation well. that we need to have. Why... Yeah. Why are there no standout I'd examples? I'd like to know why the people that bought Bird on a Wire took the banh mi off the menu because it was actually mm. fucking good. Mm. But maybe it wasn't selling heaps. But mm. I, I've just maybe that's been... why everyone keeps asking because they can't. No one can find it. I think that's if the, the thing. if the question was answered. But a lot of people. Be... I mean, a lot of people have answers to offer, but yeah. mm. no consu- You know, no kind of like decisive direction to go in. Depends what you're looking well. for too, doesn't it? Because I remember when we did it, it was very, like, the one that you get on the street in Vietnam is the kind of lowbrow version of the most delicious fancy one as well. So it's like, yeah. do you want the quick and dirty, authentic on the street one? Or what if you've got a chef that's, like, elevated it and made it even more delicious than that? And then there's that's everything true. in between, isn't there? I guess my... My immediate thought is like, I always want the quick and dirty. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I want, and it's harder to get. Yeah, that's totally. what makes me sad about banh mi here. But and pho, it's the same thing. You know, that people go crazy for that. Where's mm. the best pho? In short, with a pho, I guess there's more variation with it. There's that one called in Odahu, isn't there? Try, try it, it out. out. Otahu. Yeah, Otahu. Yes. Yes. A lot of the Odahu. Vietnamese cuisine in New Zealand is more Chinese Vietnamese um, yeah. style. So the Hanoi fur is a bit harder to find. Mm. Right. Um, so one of our kind of little background quests at the moment is maybe to come up with a little pop-up fur and banh mi cool. thing at some point in the future. So That's one such last, a good idea, Anna. One last uh, Lazy Susan post because this one's <laughs> uh, quite funny and shows the diversity of requests you get. Hey, Susans, hoping someone might be able to point me in the right direction. There used to be a Latin American guy who played Spanish guitar at Belotta, <laughs> and I think it's the same people who play at Caretaker. I'd love to get his details and have some work opportunities coming up for a Spanish guitarist. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. Love it. Yeah. So maybe you have to diversify into a bit of music as well. In the next <laughs> hey, so how does this fit into your life, Lazy Susan? Yeah. Is it your, is, I mean, reading these comments would take all day, <laughs> so you can't obviously yeah. do that. And Anthony, you guys both have other pursuits. Yeah, there's definitely times where I just wish I could shut off social media altogether. Yeah. But you actually can't, especially if it's Facebook, because it's not like you can just have it open as a business. Like yes. you have yeah. to have your own profile yeah. and then that's always there. And um, it's pretty full on. Yeah. Is your hope that it will lead to other opportunities in your career? Absolutely. Like starting our own publishing business yeah. is um, is pretty huge. And that's a direction that we want to follow through on um so there's going to be a lot of work happening on that this year nice. um is that the thing yeah. that you're most passionate about the writing the storytelling writing storytelling i mean uh, any any way to convey all of these stories that we have in the hospitality scene yeah. i'm keen on and anthony what's his yeah so most he's beloved he thing? he does a lot of he does a lot of travel food guides yes mm. which obviously in 2020 yeah. was a very challenging Quite, yeah. business to be <laughs> in. Um, so he's got his In 12 Dishes with Leanne Kitchen, who's based in Sydney. She's right. actually um, in New Zealand at the moment and has come through the MIQ system. Cool. She did some amazing posts, which you may have seen on Lazy Susan. She did a series. Yes, I did. We organised for her to have a whole lot of um, dishes delivered yeah. to a hotel room, and she's a brilliant writer and photographer. Cool. Um, so, yeah, those are well worth M-I-A searching for in the M-I-Q search box. series. Search it out. So this is kind of in your wheelhouse for both of you and just a cool add-on. 
Yeah, so I do a lot of other freelance writing as well. Um, quite a lot of travel writing, which, again, 2020. Mm. Yeah. Um, Where can we buy the so, book? So at lazysusan.nz is the best place at the moment. So that's just lazysusan.nz, no co. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and that gets couriered out. It's also going into um, bookshops up and down the country uh, to a lesser extent. So cool. How much is it? $30. It's good. It's good. Well done. That's... You guys should be so proud of it. It's honestly like a huge, huge amount of work that I think people don't realise and it looks really awesome. I can't wait to go back. I also just wanted to give a shout out to our photographer, Liz yes. Clarkson, who is amazing. She is just so, so talented at going into restaurants with virtually no kind of like brief. background or brief and making it work. That's She's good. fantastic. And our designer, Carla C., um, There's so a real a um, vibe in the book. Like you feel like you you know what the place would feel like to go to. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, isn't it? that's definitely how we wanted it to come across. It's like a guidebook meets storybook. Yeah. Well, congratulations again. Thank you so Thank much you. Uh, for joining us. It's, Thanks for it's, having me here. It's such an important thing that you're doing, and if, as you said, it feels like the right moment. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So Shout out to Jonathan Pierce, who's on the uh, the boards today. Thanks, Jonathan. Has Thank beats you. on the music. Tina and Jane, who are constantly organising the uh, podcasters at the spinoff. Uh, go join the spinoff members. You will keep great journalism alive. You get tea towels and tote bags too. Anna wrapped her scones in a tea towel today. So on brand. Oh, Love that. I didn't even notice. Thank and you, we look Anna, forward for to <laughs> talking to you all again very, very soon. Yeah. Kakite. Thanks, everyone. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.